the Panhandle News Network. The views and opinions on this station do not necessarily represent the Panhandle News Network, WEPM and WCST, or West Virginia Radio Corporation. Here we go! Welcome to Panhandle Live on WEPM and WCST, the Panhandle News Network. Panhandle Live is brought to you by Country Roads Tire and Auto, taking you home with full-service auto care, with a higher level of care, with two locations to proudly serve you in Martinsburg and Hedgesville. Online, too, at CountryRoadsTireOnline.com. Here are your hosts of the 2022 WVBA Talk Show of the Year, Jordan Nicewarner and Marcia Kavalik. It is Tuesday the 28th, and you are tuned in to Panhandle Live, driven by Country Roads Tire and Auto, taking you home with full-service auto care with a higher level of care with two locations to proudly serve you in Martinsburg and Hedgesville, online at countryroadstireonline.com. Jordan Ice Warner, alongside me, Marsh Kavalik and Mikey Withrow. Good morning, y'all. Welcome back. I would say that's such a soothing voice to come back on the radio. <laughs> it must it? Well, uh, yeah, I, I'm happy to be back. We're happy to have you. So, um... Uh, we want to get right to our first guest because apparently he's calling from SWAT training and we don't want to get in the way of that. But as uh, most of you know, uh, yesterday the news broke that there had been a school shooting in Nashville. Three little kids passed away as a result of that. Um, three adults. And uh, so, of course, top of mind, how do we keep our students safe and our teachers and staff members safe in, safe in school systems here in the Eastern Panhandle? Calling in this morning, Berkeley County Sheriff Nathan Harmon. I know we've talked to you about uh, active shooter preparedness a lot before. Uh, good morning. Welcome in. No, good morning. I appreciate you guys having me on, especially for uh, some a topic that is so near and dear to me, uh, having, um, you know, certified as an active shooter instructor for law enforcement. Uh, just a really, uh, just another horrible situation uh, in, in Tennessee, for sure. So I understand, and of course you hear these stories, you never know if they're all going to be confirmed or not, but I understand this shooter had two schools in mind and uh, went to the one that uh, the shooter felt was less secure. Absolutely. I mean, make no mistake about it. Uh, you're, you're not dealing with, uh, uh, you know, knuckle-dragging, uh, low-IQ people. People are doing their homework, and unfortunately, when we when we look at situations and we want to learn from them, you have to put your mindset in the mindset of a bad guy. You've got to look um, at the situation, how things are evolving, even uh, as far back as, as Sandy Hook. I'll go as far back as um, uh, in March of 2017. You had a young lady uh, from Contacton High School, and and I honestly feel that this needs to be uh, uh, broadcasted a lot more than what. The unfortunate situation that uh, this young lady did in Tennessee, they're doing their homework, just like this woman did in 2017. She wanted to be one of the first females uh, in a shooting to do a Columbine-style shooting at her own high school. What happened uh, was her dad was a dad. He found her journal, read the journal, saw the disturbing information in there, and the school system and law enforcement uh, uh, was given the information immediately. They, they did not delay, and they took action, and they did a search warrant on her, on her uh, bedroom. Uh, and she had a sawed-off shotgun. She had bomb-making materials, pipe bombs, and she was arrested at her high school, and in her backpack was a book on Sandy Hook. Mm. And so, so they're doing, they're, they've already been doing this, 
Um, that young lady was even asking the school resource officer what their emergency procedures was. They were doing their homework. So if you ask me what we need to be doing better, uh, that is definitely preventative measures in, in, in terms of reporting and, and how to report. That's what we need to focus on. Again, we're speaking with Berkeley County Sheriff Nathan Harmon. I mean, I, when I got the notification yesterday about this, I mean, <clears throat> like you just were saying there, this is happening. This has happened so many times. I mean, it's just not again. It was the first thing I thought about. And it almost doesn't even affect you, I think, even more when you anymore when you see these things. But why? I mean, is there a reason? I mean, why does somebody go through that much effort to to do something like that? Well, I mean, for notoriety, for, for uh, nothing more than to be noticed. Uh, she left a manifesto. I, I'm not sure because all the details are still coming out. I'll get more later uh, as as things evolve in the post investigation. But you know th- th- they want notoriety. And how can I do it better than the person before me? Here's the thing about Catacton High School that I want to quickly mention is Dad reported that uh, I believe actually March 23rd of 2017 uh, or within the 20s. Her attack date in her journal was uh, um, April 4th. Wow. So you, you, you had a small window there that if Dad just would have ignored it, scoffed it off, she'd just be in a teenager. She's, you know, no, she needed mental help. She needed intervention, whether that is, is involving the parents through, through rehabilitation and resources or court-ordered uh, rehabilitation. We talk about the five uh, stages of a, uh, of a person who is showing a pathway to violence. One of those is the fantasy stage. The other one is the planning stage. I won't go all into it because this is training that we provide to schools, hospitals, and workplaces uh, and places of worship. Uh, you know, there, there's a way to identify folks who are on a pathway to violence, and we need to readily identify that and report it, and we need to have the means of reporting it. Coincidentally enough, I just came back from New Jersey last week on a what was a lead conference, Law Enforcement Against Drugs and Violence, and you know the the, the programs that they're advocating in this lead program itself is, is, is phenomenal. Um, we have to be preventative, and, and we have to be able to give our, our the public, the school staff, well, workplaces, all all these folks the ability to be able to report. Uh, some of the programs I learned about was Safe to Tell program where you can call 24-7. It's anonymous. Uh, you know, I might be a friend of this person. I don't want to ruin that relationship. So calling after hours, so I'm not getting anybody else involved, or by the time I get the, the confidence and gumption up enough to make a call, I don't want to be called out for making that call. I don't want to be readily identified for making that call. That's what's preventing a lot of people. And I'll tell you, in 93% of the situations that's been reported as of today, and these act shooter instances, the Secret Service did a, a study between Columbine and now. In 93% of those situations, uh, folks exhibited a concerning behavior before the attack. And then in 81% of those situations, someone knew the violent tendencies beforehand. And that's four out of five people knew beforehand. But a lot of folks don't want to get involved or don't know how to get involved, even though they want to report. I can tell you how 59% of the 93 that exhibited concerning behavior, 59%, more than one person, had prior knowledge before the attack um, occurred. Um, and 
that's the scary part. We have to be able to do a better job in reporting and advocating programs that allow us to do that. Berkeley County Sheriff Nathan Harmon is with us. I know you guys had a huge active shooter drill uh, in Jefferson County last August. Uh, over more than 90 law enforcement professionals and, of course, volunteers and, and others from the school system took part in that. Um, I think folks listening, especially those who have entrusted their children to the school system, would want to know, where do we stand? How prepared are we um, for something like this in the panhandle? Let's, let's stop being idle about the situation, honestly. We, we, just because it hasn't happened here yet doesn't mean we can waste time and, 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 and talk it to death. we got to put our hands on it. we got to talk about these uncomfortable situations and recognize it for what it is. We need hands-on, practical, relevant training. And I'm talking about Grand Branch training to the staff in each and every school. Uh, in the workplace, in their own environment, instead of filling an auditorium up with 200 people and holding questions until, uh, you know, until the end and just mentioning a few case studies and calling it good and checking the box. we got to get out of that. We have to have meaningful conversations quickly about a, a, a plan moving forward. And coincidentally, Marcia, you mentioned that uh, this year uh, we are already planning with the school for the first time ever the same similar training scenario that we did last year, except now we're involving law enforcement, school staff, EMS, and fire department. And uh, we're actively working with the schools as we speak to put that training on in August. If there's another organization that's interested in some type of training like that, how would they go about contacting you? Contact your local sheriff's office, your law enforcement. If they don't have an active training program, they can definitely point you in the right direction. I'm up here at the Summit Point Training Facility right now taking the advanced SWAT course. I know that they do threat assessments. I know that they do active shooter training. Now, and that's where it starts. you got to do a threat assessment. I know this I'm from Charleston, uh, the, uh, uh, the Cabinet Secretary, Jeff Sandy, and the Deputy Secretary, uh, Rob Cunningham. They pulled a, put a school safety initiative together, provided regional um, um, uh, school safety officers, uh, and they are uh, representing each region, and that goes from us all the way down to, uh, I believe, close to Pendleton County, where they're actually going in each one, each and every, I think there's 93 schools in the region, and they're going and doing these threat assessments, right? So we're talking about, and it's good, I'm glad I see it doing, but this is something we needed to happen three years ago. Threat assessments is where it starts. Identify the gaps, address those gaps, whether it's window laminate or other preventative measures, and then get your staff involved in proactive training. Law enforcement can be a help in pointing you in the right direction. Yeah, we're speaking with Berkeley County Sheriff Nathan Harmon. Unfortunately, we have to get to our first break, and we'll let you go. But uh, thank you for taking some time to chat with us about this, and especially for all the lengths, uh, not just uh, you and your force, but uh, all law enforcement around uh, are to protect, not just you know the general public, but especially our schools and whatnot. So uh, thank you for chatting with us a little bit this morning. I appreciate the time. And, and, and uh, as a closing statement, keep your head on a swivel. Pay attention to your surroundings. We, we all have a personal responsibility for our own safety. Thank you very much. Thank you, Sheriff. Take care and bye. And that's Berkeley County Sheriff Nathan Harmon. But, um, yeah, that's scary stuff. I mean, that's the last thing I expected to see yesterday. But, um, like, like I said, I mean, I saw a notification, and it almost didn't even phase me. It's, that's sad in itself. I know. But when you talk about little kids, you know, yeah. 
in in what should be the safest environment. It's just so disturbing. Uh, programming note, after the 9.30 break this morning, we're going to have Berkeley County Schools Superintendent Ron Stevens on to talk about mitigation efforts here. Uh, he put out a statement last night uh, to, to members of the school community. So we'll talk to him. Uh, but uh, more Panhandle Live coming up. Yeah, absolutely. And Mikey, before we get to that break, I wanted to ask you, I mean, you work a lot, you know, with children and in schools and in that environment. And when you see something like this happen, and then, of course, with that being said, you hear, you know, the words of Berkeley County Sheriff Nathan Harmon. I mean, how does that make you feel? (laughs) My first reaction is how much training can I get? And that's why I asked that question, you know. We do have 4-H camp coming up in June. We have had Mr. Or, you know, Sheriff Harmon come out and do that live action kind of simulation. But, you know, it, it really makes you start processing, you know, is this the safest environment that I can? Because I have 150 parents that trust me with their kids. Mm-hmm. And that's the last place I would ever want something to happen. Um, so it's being able to, you know, and, and we're very fortunate. Um, we do have 24-hour security. Um, we are a secure campus. We do shut down to the public. Um, you know, every effort is made. We do contact the sheriff's department, Homeland Security, um, all the EMS services. Do you know when camps are in service? Um, we even have it timed down to how long it would take to get a chopper there, how long it would take mm. to get a bus there from a from Hedgesville Station. Um, you know, all of those different scenarios we do play out. Um, so we're very fortunate to have all those resources available because I know that there's camps in the state that do not. Yeah. Um, and, you know, being able to have the support that we do from emergency services, um, you know, we've had Homeland Security come out and walk through camp with us. Um, he's talked about being at Summit Point. We've had people come out from Summit Point and be like, hey, this is where you need to provide a little bit more of your resources. Um, you know, it's 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 really eye opening. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it said it, it's sad that we're desensitized to hearing that, mm-hmm. but it also kind of kicks it in overdrive once something like this happens. Well, if you missed any of uh, Berkeley County Sheriff Nathan Harmon's words, you can listen back to him a little bit later on on our Panhandle News Network Facebook and Spotify page. We'll be back here in just a few minutes for more Panhandle Live on WPM and WCST, the Panhandle News Network. Taking local stories and sharing them with the four state. This is Panhandle Live with hosts Jordan Nice Warner and Marsha Kavalik. Welcome back to Panhandle Live, driven by Country Roads Tire and Auto, taking you home with full service auto care with a high level of care, broadcasting from the Hoppy Kerchival building. I'm Jordan Nice Warner, alongside me, Marsha Kavalik and Mikey Withrow. And Marsha, our next guest, is joining us in studio. So um, he's in town visiting and uh, announced that he is running for candidate uh, running as a candidate for commissioner of agriculture so we're getting him on the airwaves while he's still here and could be in studio welcome in Roy Ramey hey yeah uh, thank you Marsha I appreciate being here it's a real honor to be on your show thanks for being here as well and so um tell us a little bit about you and and uh, what makes you want to run for commissioner sure well uh, I'm with Avalon Farms in Lesage West Virginia and a little bit about me just as a person to start with. I'm a family man. i got a wonderful wife, a teenage daughter, uh, whom we homeschool, and we really appreciate and uh, enjoy that kind of a lifestyle. It fits in well with farming. Uh, I'm a retired military officer. I spent 33 years in the Army, and I just retired uh, exactly a year ago this month. Wow, thank you for your service. Thank you. I appreciate it. Uh, you know, it was a, the greatest honor to be able to serve our country, and, uh, and in leaving that, uh, I feel led by God to continue serving my fellow man, and so, so through that service, uh, I have seen a way to continue serving my community through running for office and serving within uh, the government and trying to reduce that government 
So you say you have an agricultural background. Can you describe a little bit about Avalon Farms and what you guys, what kind of enterprises you guys run? Okay. Yeah. We're a small family farm. Uh, like I said, we're in Cabell County and uh, it's kind of a, a rugged hillside farm, uh, typical of West Virginia. Uh, it's totally different than what I grew up. Uh, we raised hogs and corn when I was a kid and, uh, uh, you know, that was dragging a plow around a, a big <laughs> flat field. Uh, and that's not what I have now. So I had to learn uh, some different things that works. Uh, I subscribed to a fellow named Joel Salatin, uh, who's also in the Hills, uh, just on the other side in Virginia and, uh, learned a lot of the techniques and methods that he does. So we do small scale livestock. Uh, we do uh, pastured broilers, uh, pastured layers, pastured pork. Uh, we use a silver pasture model, uh, and I'm also working on uh, developing uh, the woodlands that we have because we've got a lot of woods and steep hillsides. So we've started doing maple syrup. Uh, I'm working on uh, developing mushrooms and a lot of other woodland type products. So we, you know, we've got ginseng is great for this yeah, environment. Oh yeah. wow. uh, ramps, uh, yellow root, and so there's just a, a big variety of things that. Uh, we don't hang our hat on any one thing. It's the variety of things that works for the land that we have. And fortunately, uh, you know, in West Virginia, we're not a typical drag a plow around mm -hmm. a thousand flat acres, like I mentioned before. But what can we do here? And there's a lot that we can do. And it's all about the variety and what works for a given spot of ground and and your passion and background. So again, we're speaking anyway. with 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 Roy Ramey, candidate for commissioner uh, of agriculture. And I mean, you mentioned that when I, I feel like when people think of West Virginia and you think of uh, you know th that kind of an industry, you immediately just think of coal mining or mining in general, and not necessarily you know your traditional farming, if you will. So, uh, and you said there's some things that you know you want to uh, get after if and when uh, you're appointed to this. So, what are some of those things? Uh, well, the big thing, number one thing, is uh, restore government back to a constitutional conservative government. Uh, that's my background. I believe in the Constitution, and I think that our government has grossly gotten out of control, gotten too big. Uh, there's too many regulations, and it's making small farming difficult. Uh, the regulations really are only good for the industrial farming system, and they do not support the local small farming mentality and, and background, and particularly it doesn't support people in West Virginia. You know, in West Virginia, uh, it, there's always been the perceived lack of opportunity. Uh, we have a lot of folks that leave this state, and uh, and that hasn't changed for, well, <laughs> all the years that I've been around. And from the history I've studied, it's been that way for a long time. You know, so, the, the folks that I know who are small farmers, um, small producers, are, you know, they, part, they bake into their, their uh, process being good stewards of the land. And when you talk about, mm -hmm. you know, you know, decreasing regulations, how do you marry that with making sure that we're responsible for downstream and, you know, decades from now? Sure. That's a great question. And I appreciate that. Uh, so I believe in setting the example in those things and how do you do things right by a positive example. So for instance, we don't use, you know, Roundup and, and all these harsh herbicides and so forth on our farm. I set the example for others. And by the way, we do education on our farm. So we bring folks here. Uh, I consult with a lot of other folks and I don't promote those, uh, those type of things anywhere. Uh, as the commissioner of agriculture, how does that fit in? So uh, the Department of Agriculture operates a few farms around the state of West Virginia, and I intend to eliminate those from those farms and show people here's how you can farm in West Virginia, and we don't have to depend on those things that are harmful to our environment. you got to build the soil. 
the number one export in this country is soil. Uh, we've got a, a big dead zone in the Gulf of Mexico because of the erosion and all the chemicals that have leached out from the Ohio Valley and the Mississippi Valley uh, that's worked its way out into the Gulf, and that doesn't have to be. Uh, but that's because of the, the export of soil, for one thing, and uh, you got to have good quality soil for anything, whether it's livestock or plant-based. Uh, the soil is number one, and you can produce anything once you have good soil. Knowing that we have 1.7% of Americans in farming, um, how do you perceive West Virginia increasing our current impact on the food chain? Uh, That's another good question. So right now we have a perceived lack of opportunity in West Virginia. You know, everybody's wanting a job in some way or another or wanting some kind of opportunity, and that's really what we need to do is is reduce the regulations so that it makes it uh, a positive environment for people to go into farming. Uh, there's a perception that farming is uh, is for uh, folks that aren't very smart and uh, folks who have to work too hard. And, well, you don't want to go into that. You don't ever hear a guidance counselor saying, you know, Johnny, you should go into farming. <laughs> you just don't hear that. But there is a lot of great opportunity. Uh, it's a great lifestyle, in my opinion. And uh, uh, you're not going to probably get rich on it by mm-hmm. any means, but you can have a good living. And so when we educate folks what those opportunities are and we reduce the impediments for people to get into farming uh, or to continue farming, then we've made a favorable uh, opportunity for them to be in there and make a good living for their family. Again, we're speaking with Roy Roy Ramey. Uh, Sorry, I keep uh, messing that up. Candidate for Commissioner of Agriculture. Now, you say you're from down uh, downstate, Cabell County way. So uh, do you make it up this way very often? And how do you think or what's the the different challenges for folks, you know, that are up here in the panhandle uh, in agriculture rather than the rest of the state? Yeah, so to answer your first question, I believe, uh, no, I don't get over this way very often. It's a long ways over. (laughs) and, uh, And I took the opportunity to come here because I had a farm consultation job. And I thought, man, I know some folks through social media and from friends of friends. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to take this opportunity to spend some time here. And, uh, man, that's a beautiful environment over here. Uh, the character of land is awesome. Uh, there's a lot of farming. I've always heard about it for years and just hadn't got to see the lay of the land. And, uh, and a friend of mine, uh, Marshall Wilson, uh, is, uh, uh showing me around different folks. And uh, there's a lot of farmers over here. Yeah, so yeah. I'm starting to learn a little bit more about the uh, – uh, the issues that people have, and uh, and so far the message of reducing government uh, is well received with a lot of the folks that I'm running into. Uh, just yesterday, I talked with a fella, and I've seen this before in other parts of the state. Uh, there was a young man, a teenage boy, who wanted to be able to sell his garden products at his farm, and he wasn't able to do so without a uh, a permit from the Department of Agriculture. And it's like. What are we telling our youth with going in is wanting to do his own thing, his own operation, and without government giving him permission to mm-hmm. sell corn and and uh, tomatoes at the end of his driveway, uh, he's got a problem with doing that. So, Well, again, speaking with Roy Ramey, candidate for Commissioner of Agriculture, let people know uh, where they can go to get in touch with you or find out more. Yep. So uh, I've got a website that's under construction right now. It's uh, RameyForWV.com. Uh, uh, my email address is ramyforwv at gmail.com, and I'm on social uh, Facebook particular with uh, Ramy for Ag, if you look that up. And I've got a lot of material on the, the Facebook. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other pieces are being developed. So, well, well, sir, thank you for taking some time uh, out of your busy 
uh, trip around the panhandle to uh, chat with us this morning. I sure appreciate you having me on. It was a real honor to be here. Thank you. Absolutely. And we'll step aside for a few minutes. We'll come back with more Panhandle Live on WPM and WCST, the Panhandle News Network. From Pawpaw to Harper's Ferry, from Martinsburg to Winchester, it's Panhandle Live with hosts Jordan Nice Warner and Marsha Kavalik. Welcome back to Panhandle Live, driven by Country Roads Tire and Auto. I'm Jordan Nice Warner, alongside me, Marsha Kavalik, and Mikey Withrow. And Marsha, the guests just keep on coming. It's an important day, news-wise. Of course, we had the news break yesterday that uh, there had been a shooting at an elementary school in uh, Nashville. Three kids died, three adults. And uh, so to that end, I know Berkeley County Schools Superintendent Ron Stevens uh, put out a note to families of the school system, and we wanted to get his take this morning and also assurances of what the school system is doing to keep the little folks safe that we entrust to their care every day. So we want to welcome in via phone Superintendent Ron Stevens. Good morning, Marcia. Good morning. Uh, how's, uh, how's everybody there? Uh, we're good, and on a day like this, I I hate to have you in on these kinds of circumstances, but I know you guys have been prepping for um, mitigating these kinds of incidents. Uh, Marcia, this uh, this incident that took place in Nashville is it's truly heartbreaking, and uh, you know our heart goes out to everyone um, you know in the community, and and I just wanted to make sure that our community was aware that we're we are. Uh, you know, our hearts are breaking with Nashville, and we're doing all that we can here in, in Berkeley County to keep everyone safe. School safety is a priority for everyone. So what kinds of tangible um, activities are you guys engaged in? How are, how are you, you know, securing the schools? Well, we, you know, it, it's, it's not a one, you know, check one box and you're done. It's, it's, it's constant supervision. Uh, of students, it's constant supervision of our of our buildings. Um, it starts, you know, every year we we work with the state in completing a crisis plan and um, and getting a getting the uh, crisis prevention response plan put together. Uh, we work with our law enforcement agencies and fire agencies that are that are close by. We have a close relationship with the LEPC, uh, the local emergency planning committee. Um, you know, at the school level, we cover active shooter training with uh, our our employees. Uh, it's it's done multiple times throughout the year. They spread the um, the training throughout the school to the students. Um, we follow up our our school uh, trainings with walkthroughs. We do quarterly walkthroughs uh, at each of our schools, and uh, you know, it's not a we're not trying to catch anybody. We're just trying to make things safer. Um, you know, looking for for doors that may be left open or um, procedures that that we need to tighten up, and um, you know, really focusing on those things throughout the year uh, and trying to take care of the things that we can control. Mr. Stevens, this is Mike with our 4-H agent here in Berkeley County. Um, I think this is also a really great opportunity to bring up that a lot of the funding that we vote for with the bond and levy does go to school improvements for safety. Mike, uh, I, I really appreciate you bringing that up. That, you know that is um, that is certainly a part of of um, you know our recent bond. We're we're going to be looking at uh, safer school entrances. You know we we have procedures that we that we take care of. Um, 
you know, on a regular basis, checking IDs and locking doors. But, you know, our, our school bond is going to help us with safer school entrances, updated camera systems, uh, security systems, um, our, our, our um, ID badge systems. Um, there, there's a variety of things that we're going to be able to, to upgrade, uh, thankfully, as a result of the, of the bond. Well, have you been getting much reaction? Have you gotten any reaction from uh, you know parents, uh, concerned parents, you know, in the county, even students, maybe you know, with uh, the incident that happened down in Nashville? Um, you know, I, I, our schools are taking local local concerns uh, at the school level and are doing a great job at, at communicating expectations. Uh, you know, at at, the, at individual schools, um, we have we've handled a couple of. Uh, calls here. Uh, I'm, I'm hoping that our transparency and communication last night and our ongoing efforts uh, with renewed uh, and reinvigorated focuses on safety every single day are helping. We're in the middle of a, a two-week span where we've got safety presentations going on around the county, uh, co- collaborating with um, city police, uh, the sheriff's department, state police, or, or all of the fire departments, um, you know, a number of emergency agencies are, are working with us to travel to and from our schools and, and go over what's safe and and take care of things at that level. Some of the minutia, and, and you hear about it when there's an active shooting incident uh, like there was yesterday in Nashville, but just things like keeping the parents informed at a very um, you know, trying and and uh, nerve-wracking time. I noticed that uh, at this school they had the the parents wait at a, a nearby Baptist church. It was a Presbyterian school. They had parents muster uh, nearby, but not close enough that they were in the you know in the scene of what could be still a very active shooting incident. But as a parent yourself, you know that one of the one of the things that would happen is you know if you hear there's a shooting happening at your school. Uh, your first impulse is to try to go and help. So, are those some of the conversations that you're having about how to how to help parents uh, so that they can be reassured of their child's safety on it, it in you know the situation like that as it's unfolding? You know, Marcia, you're you're exactly right. Um, what you were talking about there are reunification sites, and you know, it, it's. It's horrible when an event like this takes place, but you really have got to uh, make sure that other people aren't charging into uh, into danger. And these reunification sites are secured locations where we can we can pair people back up and and provide services to those students and, and parents uh, and even employees and community members if if it's needed. So reunification sites are, are important. We're working on those. We work on those, like I said, continuously. Uh, with with local uh, law enforcement agencies, and um, you know, we really appreciate their assistance on that. In the end, I think people just want to know, you know, what's what's going on, and um, basically, it takes it takes everyone to to it's going to take everyone to to resolve these types of things. If you see something, or if you feel something's just off, um, say something. You know, contact law enforcement. Contact. Uh, um, a responsible adult is what we're preaching at our uh, our safety presentations right now, and, and are, that includes everyone in the community. Are the buildings themselves, and I, I don't want you to talk about specific buildings because that could become in itself a security risk. But are the buildings, the school buildings in the county, 
largely secure as far as entrances? Um, largely secure. It, it, yes. Um, and, and by saying that, you know, what you what we have out there, we are securing. We we have doors and windows and and um, you know um, entrance ways that that we're maintaining the integrity of those. We're we're making sure that they're locked. We're paying attention to uh, the surroundings. We're making sure that bushes and trees are trimmed and you know all all of those types of things. But everything can always be upgraded and. You know that's that's one of the things that we're hoping for out of our uh, uh, safer school entrances is to, is to take take areas that may or may not be um, in need of improvement and and making them better. We we have a um, a checklist that that our walkthroughs when we do those quarterly, our um, safety team is is looking for all of those types of things as as they look at each school. And we're speaking with Berkeley County School Superintendent Ron Stevens. Before we let you go, uh, spring has sprung, so that means the school year is almost over. Uh, how have things been in this 2022-2023 school year? Wow, what, what, a, what a year we've had this year. Um, uh, from uh, kicking the year off and, and going through um, the community and, and getting a chance to talk about the infrastructure and, and our school bond and, and feeling all the support uh, throughout the year. We're we're in the last quarter of the school year, and that is always uh, um, a tricky time. Uh, you know, there's spring fever, and we we want to encourage our uh, our students and parents and and uh, everyone in the community to to um, resist the spring fever and, and and be at school on time so that we can re- finish the year strong. I think we're in uh, we're in a good place right now, and I'm looking forward to it. Perfect. Well, Berkeley County School Superintendent Ron Stevens, thank you for joining us this morning on Panhandle Live. Hey, Jordan, I really appreciate it, and I, I did want to give a, a shout-out to Mike. I want to say thank you for all of his support, for all of our um, support for programs uh, across Berkeley County Schools, and thank you to Marsha for extending the invitation this morning. Absolutely. We'll appreciate it, sir. We'll talk to you again soon. All right. Sounds good. Have a great day, guys. Thank Take you. Care. And Berkeley County School Superintendent Ron Stevens, uh, a lot of interesting things there about, um, you know, this kind of status of safety in Berkeley County mm-hmm. schools. And like we heard from uh, the Berkeley County Sheriff Nathan Harmon at the beginning of the show, yes, uh, you know, these type of things haven't happened here. Thankfully, that doesn't mean that they won't happen at some point. So it seems like everybody, uh, the powers of be, are taking the right measures to keep that from happening. And I think a part of it is on the staff being diligent. I was just at Mountain Ridge Middle Monday picking up some stuff from the office, um, and it would just so happen that they were running a fire drill at the same time. Um, and I pulled into the drive, pulled into the loop at the front of the school, and within minutes, um, staff administration, Ms. Toller, came up and you know asked, what, what is I doing? Could I be helped? Um, I told her I just need to pick things up. And she goes, well, can you park there until all the kids go back in the school, and then you can come back in? Mm. So, you know, they're doing their job. They're being very diligent, giving those instructions, making sure that they're keeping all of their students safe. Absolutely. That's what we want to hear. Absolutely. Absolutely. So if you've missed that conversation with Berkeley County School Superintendent Ron Stevens, you can listen back to it, of course, a little bit later on today on our Panhandle News Network Facebook and Spotify page. But we'll step aside one final time. We'll come back, uh, and we got some Easter stuff to talk about, Marsha. How exciting. So it'll be on Panhandle Live after this on WPM and WCST, the Panhandle News Network. Live and local, it's Panhandle Live with hosts Jordan Nice Warner and Marsha Kavalik. 
Welcome back to Panhandle Live, brought to you by Country Roads Tire and Auto. I'm broadcasting live from the Hoppy Kirchville building. I'm Jordan Ice Warner. Alongside me is Marsh Kavalik. And Marsha, more guests joining us in studio. It's time to talk about Easter. Mm. I'm so is this excited. Your fa- is this your favorite of the holidays, do you think? My or favorite, one of? My favorite is the one that's coming up next, I think. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wh- okay. I see what you're saying. So whichever one's next. Yeah, I'm just jazzed. It's it's fun to be alive, well, right? Well, it sounds like we have some pretty cool Easter activities around the area. Yeah. And so uh, one of them coming up uh, is uh, with these folks who are with us in studio from Sinners and Saints. I have Jason Neely, Michaela Wright, and Casey Barrett. Welcome in, all of you. Thank you. Thank How are you guys? Good. Yeah, so, absolutely. Casey, you were telling me a little bit about um, the organization. Yeah, so we are a family charity organization started in uh, 2021. Um, originally, it was you know just me and a couple of the buddies that just kind of like to go out and ride together and stuff like that, but didn't want to do the whole MC thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. We wanted to focus on charity and community-based and basically do everything for our families, our kids, because there's nothing in this area for kids to do. Yeah. So um, our big thing a year is we always do a toy drive for Christmas. Um, I think last year we were able to help close to 540 families get Christmas uh-huh. for their kids. Um, so this year we are doing our uh, first annual Easter egg hunt. Um, it'll be April 1st at the Jefferson County Fairgrounds. We have over 11,000 Easter eggs that we have filled um, Did you guys fill them? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It was, That's uh, community service uh, right so there. <laughs> there was four or five of us that took uh, well, about two and a half weeks of just, you know, turned on Walker, Texas Ranger, and it was drop a piece, <laughs> close an egg, drop a piece, close an egg. And then uh, earlier this week, everybody in the organization got together, and we were just slamming eggs back and forth. Uh, we've got bicycles, drones, um, helicopters rc cars scooters we're giving all these prizes away out there because each age group's going to have you know that one special ticket um at the uh, fairgrounds we also got one of the big buildings there and we are dedicating that building to anybody with a special needs kid whether it's autistic whether it's you know Mm -hmm. um epilepsy something like that so that way those children can still feel like they are being a part of it and they're not being secluded but they're also not getting bombarded and run over Mm -hmm. by some of the bigger kids um and if they have any kind of sensory issues uh we're also taking that into account a couple of our people you know specialize in special needs children Mm -hmm. um they were teachers and that kind of thing so it's it's all about getting the kids out there and having a huge time um the event is 100 percent free it is all donation only um, we'll have probably 50 or 60 bikes out there. Um, two of the local fire companies are bringing one of their engines and one of their squads out so the kids can see the fire trucks. We'll have police out there. Um, yeah, saddles, yeah, saddles and Smiles is bringing some of the ponies out for the kids to see. And it's just, it's a huge event that, you know, we're hoping to see just about everybody out there and Absolutely. have fun. So, Michaela, how many eggs do you think you stuffed? Oh my goodness. Um, he put me to work. I'd say close to 5,000 between the four of us that live together. Wow. wow. Just four of us, yes. But and it has then, it has to feel good, you know, why you're doing amazing. it. It feels amazing. It feels amazing. And we have our kids helping us stuff them, and they're excited. They so are what, so excited to do this. What got you involved in, in all of this? Well, when me and Casey got together, I wasn't so sure about it. But then I started hanging around. I feel the love. Seeing what, <laughs> <laughs> seeing what they were about, and... They were so welcoming, and knowing they were out there for the community, I love giving back. I love seeing the smiles on the kids' faces, and like he said, the toy drive. That was my first one attending, 
and I left crying happy tears. Oh, that's so cool. It so, was so amazing to be able to do that. want to bring Jason into the conversation. So uh, tell us what your experience has been. Do you have an egg count of how many you stuffed? To be honest with you, I can honestly say I didn't stuff very many of them. Okay. Um, he's, he's at like he's at like thirty five or forty. Someone yeah, has to supervise, right? I'm, the, I'm pretty much the rover. I went around make sure we had enough candy and yeah, stuff. He got there late. Quality control. Um, you know, I work full time as a dispatcher here in the county, so I just try to help out where I can. Um, got in with the club about what five six months ago, and run about. They were kind of brought me on. It was like, hey, you know, this is what we're about. And he goes, come on out. And, you know, we've known each other since six God, years old school. And uh, I was like, all right, man, I'll come out and see what it's about. And, you know, we're a community organization, but we're also a family organization as well. Uh, when we get patched in, it's not just us. It's, you know, our wives, our kids, everybody's a part of this. So everybody has a vote. And to me, that kind of put it above. Because it really shows that we really care about the community. We've done a lot of stuff. We're working on a lot of stuff right now. Uh, we got some really cool events coming up. We have a project in the works right now to actually give back even more to our community on a 100% donation for St. Jude's as well. So, And, of course, um, McKaylee, you mentioned there's a spaghetti dinner as well. Uh, yes, I'll let Casey explain that one. Okay, <laughs> okay so there was a person that's very, very close to me. Um, I'm not going to throw out her name or anything, but... Um, she actually gave birth to a son last Tuesday. Um, lungs were collapsed when he was born. Um, they had to intubate him. Thursday, they did an MRI and found out he was completely brain dead. Mm. Um, Friday at 3.45 a.m., I get a phone call saying that the child passed. Oh, that's awful. So the spaghetti dinner that we are doing, and honestly, she doesn't even know we are doing this. Um April 23rd, out at Rainbow Road Club in Berryville, um, or in Ripon, sorry. We are doing a spaghetti dinner benefit, and everything that is raised that day is going to help pay for the hospital bills, the funeral expenses, and that kind of stuff. So It really is a family. Yes. It is. Mm-hmm. Wow. So let's talk about uh, the, the event that's coming up soonest. That is this. I can't believe April is this I know. weekend. Crazy. The Easter egg hunt. Mm-hmm. It's at the fairgrounds, which is, is it Lee Town or is it Carneysville? It, it is. It's Lee technically <laughs> Lee Carneysville. Okay. It's uh, Lee Town Pike. Okay. So um, if any of you are not familiar, take Route 9 to the Lee Town exit, go down about four miles, turn at the old fabric shop, go up until you see a bunch of cars and you're pretty much right there. I want to see the drone <laughs> footage of all you guys out hiding the eggs like yeah. the, the day before yeah, what's or whatever. The, what's the method for dishing out the eggs? Yeah. Does everybody spread out and okay, just so throw them where you, you can? Guys are, like if 10, you guys are familiar eggs, right? with it. Um, so right where the stage is okay. and all the bleachers, we're going to put the little guys there. Because it's the flattest area, plus you have the bleachers so mom and dad can sit there. You know, if grandma comes out, stuff like that. And the kids are going to have an easier way. Mm -hmm. Um, But everything, like the stage area where all the big tables are, all that will be caution taped. Um, There's going to be marker flags for any kind of area where someone could potentially get hurt. The area where the rides normally go, that side field, that is going to be for the, uh, the intermediate guys. Oh, so you get everybody's, everybody's yep, got their everybody's kind of scattered all the way. No over. one's going to get trampled and on then Saturday. The bigger guys are going to be in the pit area, not actually down in the pit, but where the bleachers are, all the chairs, because that way it's kind of it's a little bit harder mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. hide the eggs and that kind of thing. So it's a little bit more of an area there. Um, and then the uh, the hot walker circle where the horses usually yeah. go, of course, is probably going to have the horses. I think we're getting what building three. It is going to be, I think, building three for the special needs. 
Yes. And then we also okay. have Girl Scouts coming out. They're going to have hot dogs. I don't know if they're going to have cookies. We tried. <laughs> we tried. But they're going to have hot dogs. Over. And we have a bunch of baked goods that's being donated. It's going to be a fun, fun day. Well, it sounds like it's going to be an amazing day. And uh, we're coming up on the top of the hour, so we'll have to uh, be breaking away here uh, directly. But I want to give you guys enough time uh, to let people know how they can get in touch uh, with Sinners and Saints. And maybe if they just are curious and want to find out more information, maybe even join up. All right, so the easiest way to get in touch with us is definitely going to be our Facebook page. Uh, If you just go on there, look up Sinners and Saints Organization, you're going to see a picture of a purple cross with a yellow snake banner wrapped around it. Just try to join that one. Um, It'll come directly to everyone's phone because we are all technically admin on that one. So as soon as it pops in, you'll get a thing saying, hey, you know, you're accepted to participate. And every event that we do goes on there. Uh, So, you know, every couple days we're putting something on there as far as what we're doing, how to get in touch with us. Hey, this family got in touch with us. They need help. Is there anybody that can give us a hand? That kind of stuff. So Awesome. Thanks for everything you're doing. Oh, Not my goodness. Thank you all for having us and in here today. I, you know, good luck uh, hiding all those eggs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're, we're trying to figure it out. Right? <laughs> it, it, it'll be a multi-day event, I guarantee that's, you. That's your Facebook Live, the drone of all of you guys trying to figure out where these eggs are going. Well, if you missed our conversation or any of our conversations today, you can listen back to them a little bit later on on our Paint News Network Facebook and Spotify page. But, Marsha, just a, a few seconds left here anything uh i'm so excited you guys get get to go to shepherd and go to the nfl day Uh, it is it is the pro day shepherd pro day happening at 11 p or 11 p.m 11 a.m at ram stadium spectators are welcome uh to ram stadium to watch all the 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 big ones are going to be there bajant brown fisher uh walker they're all being attendance trying to make a uh one last impression in front of all of these nfl scouts to potentially Make it to the NFL. How's your throwing arm? You could go out there. And say, hey, hey, I've told Coach. Put me I got, in, Coach. Look, I got some eligibility years left. Okay. I could get out there uh, if I need to, but have fun. I know it should be fun. And so make sure you stay up. Uh, you can stay up to date with everything. Uh, Parker and Luke already down there. I'll be heading out of here directly to go join up with them. Uh, but over on our Twitter page at EP Sports Network and our individual pages as well, we'll be posting uh, all morning long, well, all day long about that. It's pretty cool, and uh, there's potentially going to be some pretty Big name journalists, sports journalists. Yeah, one, one Jordan Ice one. I know. Be Parker there. Stone, Luke mm-hmm. Wiggs, we're going to be right. out there. And then maybe All some the ESPN names. people too. And, maybe. You know, NFL Network guys. But <laughs> if you missed any of the show today, listen back to it a little bit later on on our Panhandle News Network Facebook and Spotify page. Uh, I would say Hoppy is next, but he is out for the week. So it'll be Dave Wilson filling in for Hoppy on Talk Line right here at 10.05. Uh, but if you missed any show, listen back to it a little bit later on. For Marsha, I'm Jordan. It's been Panhandle. Oh, and thanks to Mikey too for filling in uh, the last couple of days. Mikey Withrow. But all right, that's enough of me jabbering. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Martinsburg and WCST Berkeley Springs, a WVRC media station. We're proud to live here too.